Welcome back to the No Bad Karma Podcast, where since July 2023, I've been talking about living and loving intentionally. Today's episode, season 2023, episode number seven, is called The Something That Was Missing Was the Something I Had to Get Rid Of. In February 2023, I celebrated four years of freedom from alcohol, and that's when I realized that the something that was missing was the something I had to get rid of, and I wrote that line. I also wrote a brief reflection on my four years of sobriety, something I hadn't even looked at until this past weekend. I, I wrote it in February 2023, and then I put it aside for seven months now, or nine months. Uh, so I want to tell you what I meant by that line and share what I wrote that day. Uh, but don't think it's just about alcohol because it, it goes beyond that, though I am going to speak specifically to that. When I wrote the something that was missing was something I had to get rid of. Here's what I really meant. The something that was missing was me. And the something I had to get rid of was the me that drank. The me that thought I was defined by having alcohol in my life. And I'd really felt like I'd come full circle uh, at that point because I finally really feel like the guy I used to be, but I don't need alcohol in my life. But here's also what I realized. I don't have the same life anymore. Or I didn't at that point. And I'm still getting there now. But that's not all bad. Because I choose to embrace it as a moment of celebration and happiness and 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 try to just look forward. But behind it, there is a moment of of deep sadness, right? Because really, now being four years sober, I start thinking, what if I'd been sober just one year earlier? Or two years earlier? Or three years earlier? Or now, four years earlier? What if that whole four years had just slid back four years? So here's the thing, though. It doesn't matter if it was one or two or three or four years earlier. I would have made different choices, sure. But the thing that struck me about four years is four years earlier, had I shifted that four years earlier, it was at that point in my life where I was being a faithful man had only been caught cheating once and I was trying to work on my marriage. And as I spoke about in my episode, my, uh, my last regret, uh, you know, would it have saved it? I, I don't know. I don't know. Can't say it would have, can't say it wouldn't have. Would have given it a better chance. But like I said, it doesn't matter if it was one or two 
or three or four years earlier. Doesn't matter if it was a month earlier. Doesn't matter if it was a day earlier. But it could have mattered. I could have drank one more day and that might have been the night I got pulled over again and had a second DUI. Maybe I would have gotten in an accident. Maybe I would have killed someone driving home that night. Maybe I would have ended up dead myself. But it can't matter. Can't matter if it was a day earlier, week earlier, month earlier, year earlier. It can't matter. Can't matter for alcohol. Can't matter for anything. And that's really the point. I'm I'm speaking to alcoholics out there. But it, it goes beyond that. And I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. Because that kind of thinking, a day earlier, a week earlier, a month earlier, that's what's going to hold you back. That's what's going to cause you to have regrets and and second guess yourself now. You, you, whatever it is that you need to quit, whatever it is that you think is defining you, that maybe you need to get rid of, You probably have to get rid of it to find you. You have to find yourself by getting rid of something sometimes. What I was missing was me. What I had to get rid of to find me again was the alcohol. So speaking directly now, did anyone that feels getting rid of alcohol is going to result in losing themselves? It's not. The only thing you're going to lose is the clutter in your life that you don't see today. But speaking to everyone for a minute, it's not just about alcohol because it can be about anything that defines you. A job, a friend, a relationship partner. Anything that you've let define you to the point you've lost yourself. You know, as I think about the, the something I had to get rid of to find myself, sadly, I, I know my ex-wife probably lost herself in me and our, our marriage and had to get rid of me to find herself. Because it had become toxic because of, of really my behavior. But be it a job, a friend, or a relationship partner in the interest of being intentional, you always have to ask yourself first if you've made the effort that you should have in correcting that and and, and pursuing that, giving, giving your choices real purpose in that environment. Because for me, at the time I wrote that line, I was also thinking professionally and about a job. When I wrote, there was something I, 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 the something that's missing is something I have to get rid of. I was also thinking about things in my professional life, things that had defined me for years in my own business, a professional relationship I had that was holding me back and dragging me down that I've also mentioned in a couple of episodes that I had been trying to get rid of for, for, I wrote that in February, 2020, uh, 2023. And for a year I'd been trying to, to, to move past that relationship. In fact, my partner speaks at great lengths on 
her platform uh, about uh, how her life and career was was uh, defining her in a way that she had to escape from and encourages others to 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 find that strength helps others find that strength but the things that define you people jobs alcohol other drugs they they can bring you down drag you down right and maybe i'll speak to the whole professional aspect alone and and all those other things but right now let's just focus on the on the alcoholics maybe we can help someone struggling today or help you understand someone better in your life because they're afraid of losing themselves so I'm going to read to you now what I actually wrote in my reflection uh, seven, uh, nine months ago on the four-year anniversary of my sobriety. And I, I never intended to podcast this, so uh, uh, I, I've only touched it up a little for the, the sake of recording, but this is what I wrote. I have nothing against drinking, so I'm not preaching here, but I'll share a simple thought in the interest of helping someone understand their own self or someone else in their life. Don't ever assume someone has or doesn't have a problem because of the quantity, frequency, timing, or location where they're drinking. Now, if they're putting away a fifth every day or two, drinking daily, sneaking drinks throughout the day, pops a cold one when they wake up, maybe takes a drink to bed with them like I used to do, hitting the bar every night, then yes, it's about quantity, frequency. It, it, quantity, frequency, timing, location, they're, they're irrelevant. But what you really have to try to ask yourself is, why is this person drinking like that? And then is their behavior changing? Are they becoming a different person because of it? Are they letting themselves define themselves by alcohol. You see, I'd have two to three drinks about three days a week on average. They drink a little on weekends, more during football season, more during March Madness. And I did that the majority of my adult post-college life. After work in my 20s, we get stressed and anxious about something. We unwind with a few drinks and we go back at it tomorrow. At least that's how the non-alcoholics do it. But at some point I stopped unwinding about those things and just start avoiding them. You know, you can't get diagnosed with high cholesterol, start taking Lipitor and keep eating what you want just because you have the Lipitor. You can't be a diabetic and take insulin and just still think you eat all the sweets you want and just give yourself more insulin. You can't do that. It takes a toll on the body. Just like the alcohol unwinding every night. You can't keep drinking alcohol to avoid the problems because you'll end up avoiding everything. And I really wish I could offer some really specific advice for people that have loved ones in their life that have a problem. But it's really hard. I, I don't think I can because I really think almost, I, I think the alcoholic almost has to realize it themselves to stop. 
You can try to get through to them, but that's what you really need to do is almost lay groundwork so they can see it. It's like, you know, putting something on the path so the creature follows it. Your best chance of getting through to them is to focus on how you think their behavior is changing with love and understanding from their perspective and their context. Because if you approach it with anger, frustration, judgment, resentment, you can't tell someone, someone's not going to care if you tell them they that you think they have a drinking problem unless they think they might have a drinking problem. And I can assure you anybody that I can assure you that anybody who thinks they might have a drinking problem thinks it, whether they say it or not. So if you think they do, they probably think they do too. But if you love someone, it's your duty, you know, unequivocally, no exceptions. It's your duty. If you love someone, if it's your partner or family member, especially. But I know that's hard because, you know, I tried to help a, a couple people unsuccessfully. Not hard as I probably could have, because as hard as I could have would have been too much. And my ex-wife tried to help me unsuccessfully. But it was unsuccessful because, as I said before, you can't approach people with anger, frustration, judgment, resentment. Because that's what she was feeling from how I made it, made her feel. She was coming at it from her perspective, not mine, not ours. Not mine first. But so, you know, it wasn't her fault. And I can't blame her one single bit for that. And here's why. Because it goes on so long. You're drinking. That even after I ended up with the DUI. Three months after we separated. Neither of us. Really thought I had a drinking problem like that. That I was an alcoholic. But I think I was already thinking it. I just didn't know what it was really doing to me until I got sober enough to see it. Because the alcoholic knows he has a problem. He's going to avoid it. And that's when the smoke and mirrors are coming out. He or she's going to lie or avoid the topic. And that puts you, in this case her, in the position of coming at it from your perspective their perspective, not the alcoholics. Someone needed to explain to her, as I'm explaining to you now, how the alcoholic feels. Because we really want the help. We're just letting it define us. There was a reaction to how my behavior changed instead of really trying to get me to understand my behavior was changing.
the alcoholic simply stops dealing with underlying problem. Starts with one, then another, then another, and another. It festers exponentially. Sure, you'll see some kind of behavior change. And that's what you need to pay attention to because they've stopped dealing with something. And you might see hints of why or whatever, but you know, you have to ask what's going on in a non-threatening way. You have to help that person break a cycle and come out of the woods long enough to see it themselves or take the next step. I asked someone who supposedly loved me for help and was told it was my problem. And in that haze, I accepted that. And that would result in several nights of walking to a bar and getting pretty plowed. Yet my four years of alcohol started as a two-week break for that person. How ironic. I didn't do it for, for me, but it was just to deal with one problem. That's what I'm really saying here to those of you that have someone in your life that that has this. It's it's you gotta you gotta break it long enough to deal with one problem. And for me that went on for two weeks. And then I I was ready to drink again, but I realized there were a lot of problems I wasn't dealing with because I couldn't think clearly again. Because I could think clearly again after not having really being able to think clearly with the booze in my life. I just needed 14 days. That was it. 14 days got me out of the haze. And that was the first moment of clarity. That's when my recovery started. (laughs) And I'd like to say, That's when it gets easy, but, you know, I'll sum it up for you like this. It's a whole nother topic. You first, you got to replace how you're dealing with that stress that caused you to drink or, or, you know, help that person. If you always went out to the bars with them, you know, go somewhere else with them. In some sense, you almost have to uh, forget the problems that made you drink. And focus on, you know, how you're getting rid of that stressful feeling. Forget the problems for a minute. You can come back to them. Work out. Don't work out and sleep the day away. That's what you need to do. Go take a class. Go play on your phone. Do a crossword. Do your wordle. Play with the dog. journal something has to replace you you need something to replace the booze you you've got to be able to cope with the stressful feeling that you used to use alcohol to get rid of and only then can you start to really think and cope. And that's when, you know, 
the alcoholic's going to start feeling weird. And that's when you realize, wow, there's something in your brain going on here or your body that might be contributing. And I said in my Daddy is an Alcoholic episode, uh, uh, every alcoholic's got an underlying mental health issue. Maybe it needs medicated, maybe it doesn't, but, but that alcoholic, we need something to replace that alcohol. We need to get our brain chemistry back so we can cope and feel normal because normal to us before was with alcohol. Why is it so hard for those trying to help themselves? Why can't we be more supportive? Why are we dragging our friends that say, I don't want to drink out tonight for a drink? Almost every alcoholic I know and have talked to, almost every time they've been in the presence of people leading or attending a recovery program or having been down the road for a while, will say, man, it took three years for my brain to unjelly. That first moment of clarity came early. And that was the first opportunity to fall off the wagon. Like I said, for me, it was 14 days after I quit. And I dealt with it by recording a five-minute video of my life at that moment because I didn't want to forget. And I've only watched that video a handful of times and I don't like watching that video because that guy was a mess. So alcoholics, don't worry about the three years that are coming up to feel normal again. Easier said than done. Because you're going to get a lot of advice about the types of things that you should and shouldn't be doing in those three years to avoid falling back into it. But really, you know in your heart what it is. You got to stop. You got to replace how you used to drink away your stress. And then you'll find you can deal with the things that you were drinking away. When you have those moments of clarity and you can make those decisions, you're going to feel good. You know, I still miss the taste of Mars with Mexican food. And so will you. And it seems a little odd not to crack open a bottle of Cab or Merlot when cooking some Italian. You miss, you don't miss the alcohol because you don't want to miss the alcohol. And you'll realize that those events were just triggers that made you want to drink. Because you used to have your marks with Mexican food, but you don't have to. I switched to 7-Up and Sprite. You have to eliminate those triggers. 
And when you start realizing that all these other things that used to drink, these social occasions, these dinners or cooking or whatever, that's your second moment of clarity. Because now those triggers were also the things that were stressors that you were drinking away. Part of it for me was always work. I would take on projects I didn't want. Clients would ask me to do something I really didn't agree with, but I'd do it anyway. Maybe that would result in more problems later, or I'd let myself get stuck in a project that went nowhere, droned on, and no one was really happy a couple times. Just dumb, idiotic stuff that you can't have in your life anymore because you know you can't function like that. It'll be the same with your friends and relationships and your activities. You might find yourself that you were spending time somewhere, or spending time with certain people. And really those things were really just triggers that resulted you in, resulted in you drinking. And you just have to stop. If you stay on that wheel and keep doing those things, you're going to fall off the wagon. You got to focus on what you want. And it's, and, and then there's something that gets hard just in day-to-day life because now you're dealing with day-to-day situations sober because not everyone can go out and change your job right away. Not everyone wants to go and change your friends right away. Right? Especially friends. You always think you might want to keep them in your life a little bit. But you, you find yourself in these situations that you're not expecting because you're sober. And now you're dealing with something that you used to avoid by drinking, even though it might be the same thing you deal with every single day and that you've dealt with every single day of your life. And I don't know if everybody experiences this. I, I do know uh, I've talked to a couple other people, but then your stress will go through the roof in a way you've never experienced this. Experience. And for me, I verbally puke more than anything. I'll explode. And then that was kind of interesting. Because people, now people are seeing, first of all, that's not right. But now people are seeing something they didn't expect from you. And all you're really doing is standing up for your own mental health. Your own peace of mind. Because really what you've done, alcoholic and others, is you let people take advantage of really your good nature, your friendship, your job, your relationship, whatever, to a point where where you've been so frustrated you drink it away. 
and now you don't. But that's when you realize you have problems that are fixable or not. And it's kind of around that point where I'd say was really my third moment of clarity. Because suddenly you're living a day just the way you want and you feel good about it. And then you'll have another good day. And then another good day. And then another good day. And some bad days, but you'll have good days. And three years later, you'll wake up and you're going to realize you're really okay. Sadly for me, it came at one of those moments. It came at one of those moments where I let frustration get the best of me. And even how I understood it. then was not wrong uh, but I even have greater understanding of that moment now because I I had a relationship that was frustrating me that I spoke about it was a a short but meaningful relationship and uh, I blew it up because the whole situation I, I didn't understand how to work it into my sober life But I knew I was back. I knew I was myself again. I knew that I was truly dealing with problems, even if I wasn't dealing with them correctly, sober. I knew whatever I felt was real. And it was just something I had to deal with. Wouldn't say I was right about the situation. Wouldn't say I was entirely wrong. But that's the thing. You just can't go back. Because you're being honest with yourself and you have to keep moving forward. You see, I don't really think it's missing booze. That causes people to fall off the wagon. It's the fact that they're dealing with life sober. Because every moment of clarity you have, even if you're one of those people that try cutting back, it's less about, I mean, there, are, there is for some people just missing the alcohol, but it's, it's really not about the alcohol. You're drinking to avoid something. So you have one, then another, then another, then another. And then you're drinking again. I quit once for two years and that's what happened to me. I didn't go out and advertise it because it was just taking a break. Till I didn't want to take a break anymore. So alcoholics, the sooner you accept it's not about the booze, it's not the booze that's defining you. It's not the booze that you're going to miss. 
where you're missing is yourself. And then, I guess maybe there's a fourth moment of clarity. Because then you realize it's not about the booze. And I always said, even when I first quit drinking, if I were with the right partner, if I had someone that really understood me and understood how I felt about drinking and where it leads for me, they could keep me in check. And I'd allow myself that one glass of champagne in France, that one glass of Chianti in Italy, that one pint in England, that one sign in Germany. But that same clarity knows I can't think that way. Guess I'll have to have cheese and escargot in France, the fish and chips in England, and maybe the brats in Germany. I'm sure there's plenty to eat and do in all those places. And I like traveling and I like eating and always have. And I still like a good dive bar with a local band. That was the end of what I wrote. Again, it was intended to be more of a journal entry for me, not anything I was ever going to podcast. But I wrote that because I realized I was me again, just without alcohol. And that the only thing I had to get rid of, the only thing that was missing in my life, was the thing I had to get rid of, the alcohol. But for me, sadly, it took blowing up my life to realize that. So, like I said before, I wish I had an easy answer for you. those of you struggling with it yourselves or have someone in your life struggling, but here's the best I can do. If you're struggling to think you have a problem, you do. Accept that and you'll be fine. Drinking does not define you. You do. You define who you are. Alcohol has control over your life and you have to let it go. The only other thing I can say is if you know someone struggling and you think they have a problem, if you've gotten to the point, if you've known them long enough, not just don't just base it on one night here, one night there. If you have history with that person and you think they have a problem, they probably do. And they probably think they do too. And like I said, that's where it becomes more difficult. You know, I think back to that show intervention because I think you have to have your intervention ready. But what they did is they pulled someone in and they ambushed him, right? And I'm not, you know, I'll leave that to the therapist. I, I, there's probably a time and place for that. That's appropriate. But I almost feel you have to lead them on the path and wait, wait till they ask for that feedback. Wait till that first time they say, why am I blah? Why is my life blah? Why don't I have any money? Why don't I uh, have uh, extra time? Why am I over, always over sleeping for work? I, whatever it is. Maybe they'll say, why don't you go out drinking with me anymore? 
maybe you can help them understand that you're not defined by having alcohol in your life and they don't need to be either. You know, I wish there was more I could tell you. And we probably could talk about a lot of ways to lead them. Uh, maybe someday I'll have a guest to, to do that. But I'm not qualified. But I can tell you I'm an alcoholic. And what I experience and believe. And I can tell you I met plenty along the path that felt the same. So if you have someone struggling... Just try to help them choose to give themselves a purpose bigger than themselves with alcohol in their life. That's how you can give your choice a purpose bigger than yourself. See you soon.